our psalm is taken from Psalm 15, and it's responsive, uh, and uh, you don't need to, to read. You're the part, uh, you, you can, uh, but if you can't see it from the back, the response that we will be saying together is, one who does justice shall live in the presence of the Lord. Let us try to, let's say that together. One who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. So I will start us off that way and then, uh, then read a couple of verses from Psalm 15 and then we'll respond when I do this. Okay, one who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. Whoever walks blamelessly and does justice, who thinks the truth in his heart and slanders not with his tongue. One who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. Who harms not his fellow man, nor takes up a reproach against his neighbor, by whom the reprobate is despised, while he honors those who fear the Lord. One who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord, who, leads not his, who lends not his money at usury and accepts no bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things shall never be disturbed. One who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Well, now we get to do a children's message. I'm doing the children's message. I didn't know we were going to have kids, so I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Why don't you guys just stay put? Because eh, this is going to be good for everybody. But I'll talk to you guys and and uh, all around, all right? What? Get ready. You guys ready? Ready to, let's put on our listening ears, although I'm going to ask you to talk. What, what are these? Do you know what this is? What kind of book? A binder, yeah. What, what, is, what does it say on these books? What kind of books are these? Whole Foods. Do you know what that word is? Ask dad, ask dad to help you with it. Recipes. Ah, these are cookbooks. These are cookbooks. You like cookbooks? I love cookbooks. I've got a bunch of cookbooks. You know what I like to do with these cookbooks? I like to look at the pictures. Oh, man, there's so much good food in here. Oh, look at these sauces and these desserts. Oh, my word. There's raspberries and strawberries and sauce on the, on the, that's pork. Oh, look at blackberries with asparagus. That's right on the front. I can't imagine what's inside. It's just, I spend all this time looking at all of these various things. There's soups and recipes, and this is just for your Vitamix. That's a recipe book for Vitamix that makes soups and sauces as well as smoothies and all kinds of neat things. I just brought some of these. This is for a slow cooker. I'm a slow cooker. No, it, it's not for the person who's a slow cooker. It's for it, what is, that's, that pot right there is called a slow cooker and you can make really good things. Janine has one of the best recipes for chili that's done a slow cooker. It's out of this world. And everything. And I just love to look at, and these, this is just a few of them. Got a bunch of them. So you'd think if I have all these recipe books, 
that I'd be a pretty good cook. You'd think that, wouldn't you? Well, guess what? Yeah, it does not compute. <laughs> There's a synapse connection there that's missing. You'd think that, but you know why that is? Because I love looking at them and drooling over them and all the wonderful things. And my favorite part about um, Janine's recipe, uh, her recipe for chili, is usually she makes me a batch. That's the best part of the recipe that I really like. Uh, I'm not really good at it because I don't take the time to actually do the recipe. So having lots of good cookbooks doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a good cook. And uh, that's kind of like our message today. That, um, you know, the Bible is kind of like a recipe book for life. To guide us to, do, to have the right ingredients, to put us on the right path, to cook up a good life of faith. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people that, that read the Bible every day. And uh, they come to church, and they go to Sunday school, or BBS, or, or uh, um, Logos, or any kind of ways in which they read the Bible and have a real good time and look at all the pictures and all the neat things and hear about it, but what's missing? Doing it. That's right. So we need to not only listen and read and learn, and understand, but actually do it. Actually do it. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the many ways you talk to us, especially through the Bible. Help us to do it. We love you, Lord, and we know you love us. Amen. Okay, thank you, guys. So I imagine that you all have your yours all marked up and ready to go with all the notes and everything. Let's remain seated and sing together ancient words. preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Words of life, words of hope, give us strength, help us cope. In this world, where'er we roam, ancient words will guide us home. Ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come 
with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Holy words of our faith handed down to this age. Come to us through sacrifice. Oh, heed the faithful words of Christ. Ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words The New Testament lesson. Every generous act of giving, with every perfect gift, is from above, com coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness, and become with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers, and not... for of the word and not doers. They are like those who look at themselves in a mirror, for they look at themselves and, on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and, perse and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious, and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts. Their religion is worthless, religion that is pure and undefiled before God. The Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I don't trust you standing behind me like that. <laughs> How many are, are familiar or have read this passage of Scripture before? A lot of you. A lot of you have. It's a, it's a great passage, isn't it? 
It's a great passage. What stood out in your mind in that passage? Be doers. Okay. Anything else? Be listeners. Anger is bad. Anger bad. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's good. Take care of the widows of the or- and orphans. Pure religion that is purified. That here's the doing. It it it, it defines it. It, it. It says, okay, be doers of the word. And here's what doing starts with. Take care of those in need. That's a good doing. Let's let the word of God uh, uh, resonate in us. Okay, um, I did a lot of things in preparation for this uh, passage this week, and I'm focusing on one particular part, uh, and then then it, the whole thing as a whole. And I was listening to a TED Talk, of all things, uh, entitled The Power of Listening. And it kind of started this way. The speaker was talking. There is an ancient and well-known philosophical riddle that asks, if a tree falls in the forest, you know this, and, and no one is around to hear it, does it still make a sound? Now while, ah, we got the answer right here. Let's close in prayer. <laughs> uh, actually, scientifically, when a tree falls in the forest, it makes waves in the air. But to make a sound, it has to have an ear to receive it, to hear it. Ah, it makes waves in the air. The sound is in the ear, is in, in the hearing. So my question is this. If a person speaks, say, a sermon, and no one listens. Is that really uh, is that really communication or hearing? We're going to talk about listening. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. Well, okay, let's close in prayer again. We spend a lot of time, I know, with young people and children in school and uh, in our homes. Those of us who are well away from parenting uh, that have little, remember back the little ones in the home, those that you have little ones uh, in the home. You know, we work a lot on listening and listening skills. If you've ever had a, a child that is, say, oh, three or four years old, they can really be a chatterbox. They're working on their oral skills, and they can really go, and, and you kind of have, they kind of go morning to night. It just keeps going. My mom used to say to me that I was vaccinated with a phonograph needle when I was real little. And so therefore, it just keeps going. Keeps going all the time. And so we kind of try to stop. And we use the term, okay, it's time for our listening ears. I'm looking right at the kindergarten teacher because that's exactly what is said. And we say that too. We need our listening ears. The thing about listening, that it is not a simple skill. 
Sometimes it is possible to listen but not really hear what somebody is saying. Uh, you know, I'm kind of thinking, uh, I think you need a hearing test. Why the heck do I need a hairy chest? Check your hearing. Check your ears. Uh, we never listen. You never listen to me. You only hear what you want to hear. Sure, I'll have a beer. You know, there's the great song uh, that you might remember uh, from the 60s and maybe early 70s. Uh, Paul Simon wrote a song, and it talks, uh, it talks about a guy that goes through life, and he's looking for the American dream, and he's down on his luck and everything. But the line that really always stuck out to me was, still a man is, who he, uh, still a man is what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. That speaks to the lack of listening skills and who we are. And now I have a, a, a video that I want to show you, and I'm going to show it to you, but it's in Norwegian. Okay, but you'll get the point. There are subtitles, but you can't read it. So I'm just going to tell you the subtitles, and you'll get it, and then we're going to watch it, okay? And it goes like this. Um, this fella over here... He's seated, he's seated with his son, and he's going to um, go up to the teller. And he goes up to the teller. Now, you'll notice right away that the little boy is below the counter. It can't be seen. And uh, the father says to him in Norwegian, Hi, this is Robbie. He wants to withdraw 5,000 kroner. To which... The teller goes, excuse me, uh, this is Robbie. He wants, it's a robbery, she says. It's a robbery. Okay, no, no. He's going, no, no. And she goes, don't panic, everyone. You'll be interested to see, too, that this is an exchange between them and their listening skills. But look at everybody around, too, and see about their listening skills. And then, so then he grabs the little boy, raises him up above the counter and says, no, look, to which she says, he has a hostage. <laughs> Everybody get down. Then the note comes up, test your hearing. It's from the, uh, the National Hearing Association of Norway. And so this guy comes, this security guard comes through and takes him down and he's down on the ground at the very last scene. You'll see, he goes, I need first aid. To which the teller comes out and says, everybody, he's got a grenade. Okay. Hi. Hi. There is Jan. He wants to take 20,000 kroner. Hva sa du? Det er Jan. Han skal ta ut 5 000. Dette er Tran. Hæ? Dette er Tran. Nei, nei, nei. Ikke for panikk! Nei, nei. Se her. Han har en dissel! Passer den ned bak sofaen! Nei! Åh, hun mistet en plombe! Han har en bombe! Okay. 
So, um, got to work on those listening skills. But did you notice something else? If it was a real emergency, how were the listening skills of everybody around? They kind of just were ignoring it. A couple of people were on screens, you know, or doing other things. Yeah, Davis. What, what happened? Uh, I think it, it, it all turned out okay. It's just a commercial, so it's not an actual happening. It was a funny thing. <laughs> Listening. The book of James addresses the idea that full Christian living, the Christian life, requires action. But the first step to this action and to our li living out our lives is Actively living the Christian life requires listening and then understanding. First things first, listening. Our passage today specifically addresses this issue and sets the framework for the rest of his teaching, the rest of his theology. It all starts with listening, and it's, and it's a very powerful instruction for the church today. First chapter of James begins like many Christian letters. James is encouraging these people to stand firm. They're going through some persecution. And uh, this is a common theme in the New Testament letters in the first centuries experienced. They, they were experiencing persecution. The balance of the chapter deals with the importance of really listening to the word. Listening. Verse 19 begins with an admonition to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. There is perhaps no wiser practical verse in all of the Bible than this idea. Slow to speak. Quick to listen. Quick to listen. A friend of mine who is also a pastor within, this pre within our presbytery up north She's also a speech uh, pathologist, and she has presentations about listening. And uh, she says, two ears, one mouth. Use them in that proportion. Use them in that proportion. You know, what are some of the things that get in the way of our listening? What are some of the things that get in the way of our listening? preoccupation. Lots going on. We say we're in the communication age. And actually, it, we're in the information age, and there's lots of it. And there's so much of it that we're distracted. That we can't sometimes hear any of it. It's just noise. So much noise. We live in a noisy culture. What else somebody was going to say? You have a previous, you're listening for. That, that's what they say. The statistics show, or, or the, the, the idea goes that the reason that a lot of people don't remember names when they introduced is because they're not listening. They're listening, well, they're listening, but they're listening for the wrong thing. They're listening for their name in that introduction because it's important that their name is said, so much so that they forget to listen to the other person's name. Oh, my name was, you know, so that's the 
importance of whatever your agenda is. What else? Yes. Stress can really, you know, we preoccupied. I, I think it is interesting that anger is put in with noise and distraction and speaking. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, man, that is very well said. Sermon over. We're going to close again. You know, I keep put setting down my clicker. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, here it is. All right, what other, what are the things that get in the way? You know, in our tradition, here's one thing that is, that is specific to our tradition as Protestants and as Presbyterians. We are fixated on the spoken word. What's the center of any worship service? The sermon. In a Protestant tradition, that's the most important part. You know, when we hire a pastor, he better be able to talk well and speak well and we fixate on that. And worship is more than talking, more than speaking. Worship must include listening. You know, the more liturgical traditions, the Catholic Church, the Episcopal Church, where liturgy and sacrament are more part of the worship service, there's a sense of listening and waiting and being part of that. We are trying to stress a little of that to bring some balance very important. The sermon is a very important balance, very important thing. You'll often go into those other traditions and, you know, the Catholic priest can give a homily and you go, where in the world is he going with that? You know, and because that's not their, really their emphasis. And so we have a great tradition. But the silent parts of our, of our service aren't just in between the talking, space in between the talking needs to be a space for listening to receive and to understand listening such a very very important part but I really like the point that you all have made some great points as it relates to the distractions and one that I really think that um, James talks about this is that uh, the sound of ourselves me gets in the way most of the time my ego whatever it is and whatever form it takes my place and I think that that's what he's talking about so such that uh, like again my friend up in up north the title of her presentation is listening is a choice and I think that that's what James is trying to say here it's an admonition to make that your choice our human tendency is to do just the opposite it seems we want to be heard want to make a place we want to make a good point so the important message for the church today and I've often thought that verse 19 should be etched above the doorway at the entry to the sanctuary in every church quick to listen slow to speak quick to listen slow to speak there's no better attitude for a Christian living than that 
Most church crises that I have observed and experienced in my ministry, there are several uh, ways in which that has occurred that someone is talking more than they're listening. Too many of us are talking more than we're listening. There are several ways that this can be destructive to the fellowship and destructive to the Christian life. First, first of all, since it's impossible to talk and listen at the same time, if you spend all your time talking, then you probably will not hear God's own word, God's own voice. That's the thing about prayer. Sometimes we think of prayer as talking, talking to God. I think it's even more so listening, listening for the voice of God. Talking busies our mind to the point that there's not much room for peaceful contemplation with the Lord. Talking can inhibit our relationship with Christ and therefore turn and be harmful to the fellowship. Second, talking can inhibit our relationship with others. Nobody likes to be with a person that doesn't listen to them. That is talking all the time, ready to make the next point, like Christ said, thinking about what they're going to say and didn't even hear you. And third, that it comes in the area of talking or to be able to not control the tongue. A failure to control your tongue can harm your Christian witness. Can, can, can hurt the witness. We think of witnessing as talking. You know, one of the greatest ways to witness is to be a listening ear and to care. That communicates more about the gospel of Jesus than anything else, than if you have everything right to say. You know, the people out there, they don't want to be corrected into the kingdom. You know, you can have all the right things to say and miss the point. The real doing is caring for those in need. And how do we know that unless we're listening? Unless we're perceptive to the needs around us? To the person who's sitting on the, on the bus who has a tear in their eye and you can tell something's wrong. To the workplace, to the school, to wherever it is, being receptive to others. So our unbridled tongue may even harm the growth of the fellowship not just your own walk with God. The message of James for us personally is the same message that is preached in our homes and our schools on a regular basis. Put on your listening ears, Christians. Let's put on our listening ears. As believers, we must be ready to listen and to hear uh, God's word. To really listen, we must learn to control our tongues. 